0: Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics. and am Berto host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. We have, you know, today is Truth Day and call in out the liar-in-chief because uh, it, it was great seeing what the guy in in Georgia did. He's a Republican. He's no saint when it comes to wanting things going right for the Democrats. None of that is true. But anyhow, I see a lot of people are already on the chat. So, Michael Rutnin, welcome aboard. Don't expect any results out of the Georgia election tonight. It's going to be a while to count the mail-in ballots. Democrats tend to take the public crisis more seriously and favor mail-in ballots, while Republicans tend to... Vote more in person. If Georgia decides to count the mail-in votes, uh, mail-in ballots first, Democrats will have the early lead, and then it will swing in the other direction. If Georgia decides to count the in-person ballots first, Republicans will have early leads, and then it will swing the other direction. Except for a close race, by the time all the votes are counted, as well as Republican and racist voter suppression challenges, we don't know what's going to happen. Except for close, except for a close race, by the time. All the votes are counted as well as Republican racist voter suppression changes. You didn't finish, uh, Rudnan. Did I misread that or something? Republicans will have the early... I don't think you, you completed your, your sentence dear sir. Okay, ATL check-in. ATL check-in. Paul Fleming. How you doing, brother? Tyson26. This is propaganda machine? No, it's not. It's only the truth. Nothing but the truth. Having YouTube issues? What are your YouTube issues, my dear British MCP? Uh, still need to count mail. It's OSA 49.1, Purdue 47.4, Warnock 49.4, Laffer 47.2. Let's hope that holds. If we can keep the margins down today, in, uh, not down, if we can keep the margins up for the Democratic vote, I think we will do just fine. We will do just fine. Uh, British MCP having YouTube issues. Michael Rudnison replying. Dems lead the polls, but within the margin of error. And we have AVQ, plus one, tank twenty-eight says, God will forgive you all. Really? Egberto, I typoed, and you read that. <laughs> Expect a close race by the time all the votes were counted, as well as Republican racist voter suppression challenges. YouTube is okay now. Great to hear that. Great to hear that. Anyhow, what is the program going to be about today? The title of the program today is, Para ver, para ver, para ver que va a ser el programa hoy. Today the program is, this is the fatal and near fatal results from a president who communicates solely in lies. And you know what? It, it's a shame because it, because every day we hear how many thousands of people are dying on that specific day. It is almost antiseptic to us. Now we kind don't, don't. I don't. Antiseptic is the wrong word. It's almost numbing. We don't sit down and and look at it as these are dead people, dead family members, dead sisters, dead brothers, dead aunts, their uncles, their dead. Grandfathers, all of that Dead people We have got to start understanding That we are talking about dead people But there's a piece that I'm going to play you In a little bit That I want you to really take a look at And try to see what this really means And then I want to put a little bit more context around it But before I start there I want to start with uh, with Bernie Because Bernie had a good description of, of Donald Trump yesterday I was supposed to play it yesterday But I ran out of time, so I figure I will go ahead and do that now. So check this out, and then uh, we'll take it on the other side. What Bernie is saying here is is that it is time for us to take this more seriously. It is time for us to call things out. Bernie Sanders, get the narrative right. I'll I'll expand on it a little bit after this. So here it is. Your immediate reaction when you heard it?
1: Uh, It is unprecedented. It is the most consequential attack on American democracy uh, in the history of our country. And I think your previous uh, panelist was right. This is what mafia does. And and what Trump was essentially saying to Raffensperger, the secretary of state in Georgia, is, hey, get me 12,000 votes so I can win. And if not, by the way, you know, there may be criminal action against you and your attorney. This is beyond outrageous. This is not only impeachable, it is certainly a criminal offense. When you run for office, you can't threaten uh, public officials about manipulating the vote for you to win. That is not what democracy is about.
2: What do you think can be done, if anything, about it?
1: In the midst of all of this, Andrea, remember, there are a dozen Republican senators and 140 members in the House working with Trump to really undermine American democracy. But in the Senate, you have 40 Republican senators who are not doing that. So at the end of the day, we're going to end up with, I don't know, 88, 90 votes. and clear that Biden was elected president. But I think after Biden becomes president, uh, we need to do a whole lot of work in a variety of ways to restore the faith of the American people, not only in their government, but in the foundations of democracy. We need to, we need to understand that there are tens of millions of people who have given up on democracy. It's not just they voted for Trump. When you talk about undermining the election results, what you're talking about is tyranny. You're talking about authoritarianism. You're talking about somebody who said, we don't need elections. Hey, I'm here. Maybe I'll stay for life. This is what our country and, and millions of men and women in the armed forces have put their lives on the line to avoid. We believe in democracy, and we are not going to allow a tyrant uh, like Trump uh, to undermine it.
0: We are not going to allow a tyrant like Trump to undermine it. You know, uh, what you do, what Trump has done, is Trump has put doubts in the minds of people. Trump has allowed people to think this stuff doesn't work. He's also uh, created, you know, as somebody said, I, I don't remember who is it that said it, is that he just about... Uh, started. It, he was the arsonist in this thing. He was the arsonist, and then he thinks, "Okay, I need to come and put out the fire now. Only I can put out the fire that I started." It is so incredulous that seventy-four million Americans, or seventy-three millions, however many it w- was, uh, were were able to allow their own personal carnalities. And notice I just said carnalities. I didn't say all the isms. I said the carnalities to actually allow them to support a guy like Trump. A guy who they deep inside know cares nothing about them. A guy who deep inside they know threw kids in in, 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 in cages. A guy who deep inside know that he's ripped off people left and right. He's left people unpaid. He's swindled people. They know it. They know it. It's a thumb in your eye thing that these people are given to the establishment itself. And I think Democrats and establishment Republicans alike need to understand that. It's a thumb in the eye for those, for those poor people, for those, those people that need government the most to go ahead and support this guy. It's a thumb in the eye. What they don't realize is that in supporting this guy, what they're supporting is their own demise. What they don't understand is that in supporting this guy, by the way, there are some people who are supporting these guys that aren't fools. They're not fooled. They understand that as he screws the the masses, they profit. Amazon, Uh, in as much as he would like to play like he doesn't like Amazon, one of the best things that ever happened to Amazon is what's happening here, the pandemic. We've gone through that in several different at several different times. The pandemic was the best thing that ever happened to Amazon. The pandemic is a, you know there, there's a there's a restaurant guy here in town called Fertita. Fertita wrote uh, was interviewed in the Houston Chronicle, and he said something that that blew my mind that he actually said it. He said pandemics are good for those with capital. I mean he's right, he's right. And you know what he said he's going to do? All these restaurants that are falling apart, he's formed an LLC that's gonna go and gobble them up. You know why? Because he has capital. And he says it. That's he I'm paraphrasing what he said in the article, but he's saying what is good that these pandemics are good for people with capital. And that's how they gain more capital because they bottom feed on everything that the smaller person was unable to keep because of a pandemic or anything else. And that you're going to support, that many people support policies that don't redistribute in a legitimate manner, in a legitimate form, to ensure that capital does not rule over humanity. is something that boggles the mind. But it's not... when When I say it boggles the mind, I say it with respect. And let me tell you what I mean by that. Most people just don't understand most people just don't understand economics so they think well that Bezos is making a whole lot of money he's earned it no he has not that there are a lot of people profiting from the pandemic including the guys who make the vaccine and all of that they're profiting off your death your health oh well that's how it has to be no it does not and one of the one of the things that I would love to establish with politics done right and our blogs, and our other podcasts, etc., is narrative building so that we can show people that it doesn't have to be this way. Our economic system is not divine. It was not created by some external force that was divine and cannot change. We have to be able to bring the message to all people So that then they can make the decisions. Because it it is easier to just get mad and say, why are they so stupid? But it's not that they're stupid. Being ignorant is not stupid. That we have a society that indoctrinates one, and that some of us get indoctrinated based, based on our socioeconomic condition. That is what happens, people. So one of the reasons I communicate with everybody is so that we can go out and itemize these issues, right? So that people understand that, no, we can have an economic system that really works. We're Bezos and, and fertita and all these guy cannot, guys cannot take advantage of your, of your well-being, cannot take advantage of your demise, cannot create or cause your demise because of things that happen. It is so important that we get there. It is so important that we get there. And we only get there by us sharing information and by us informing each other. And that's why I do what I do. Okay, the next, the next piece here is Donald Trump lied so much about COVID. He lied so much about COVID. And people just throw their hands up, oh, we all know he's a liar. But it has consequences. Creating that initial lie about this being a flu. Creating that initial lie that one does not have to wear masks has consequences. And what I want to do here is I want to show you a piece. I cut a, a few p- clips out of a piece done by uh, Katie Tur uh, with what's going on in, uh, with, with one ill patient, sick patient, and also the rationing that's going on in California and I want to put another piece of narrative onto that after we play. So check this out, and then we'll take it on, on, on the other side. Because I think it is very important that we understand what's going on here.
2: I didn't wear a mask. I should have. I believe this was just a flu. But it was all going to go away that it was political. I didn't think a it would help. You don't want to end up like me. You can see how hard of a time he's having breathing, a warning from that patient in Florida to the rest of us. The virus is serious and it is still spreading and it's spreading even faster now. The United States is now approaching 21 million infections. That is before what officials worry will be the height of the post-holiday spike. And it is alongside news that the new, more contagious strain of the virus has now been found in a fourth state, the state of New York. Meanwhile, out in California, the state's largest county is telling parents paramedics not to bring the sickest patients to the hospital unless they have a chance of survival. The hospitals simply don't have the room. This is quite a directive to ambulances, Aaron, in Los Angeles County, that they don't have the space to even try on people who are Likely not going to make it. Yeah, that's right, Katie. This is a desperate situation. You can see outside
3: this hospital in Burbank, triage tents have been set up. Joining me now to talk about the situation is Dr. Angelique Campen. Uh, Dr. Campen, if you can just explain what this means, this edict that has gone out to ambulance crews not to bring patients to, to your hospital, uh, the sickest patients, the ones that are very likely to die. What does that mean for you? Well, I think this is the first that you're going to see of uh, having to make the tough choices of rationing care um, and not putting our very strained resources towards patients that have very little chance of survival. It's already been a protocol that not to move a patient until we've uh, established that they've had return of circulation. Uh, we've been able to make exceptions to that rule though when they contact us over the radio but now paramedics have the authority to stop all efforts on their own so what exceptions are you talking about that will no longer be made so if someone does not get return of circulation uh, their chance of survival is 0.1 percent to transport that person to the hospital will require all hands on deck lots of resources put to them uh at the peril of the others that we're trying to take care of in the emergency department so this this is the hard decision to that we we just can't we don't have the resources to to do that so those patients are not coming to the emergency department at all and the ambulances are also rationing, oxygen, there's also potential for crisis standard of care to be declared at hospitals throughout Southern California as well. That hasn't happened here at this hospital, why? That hasn't happened yet. We have, we are up against the wall. We are really operating at our absolute maximum capacity. We have not yet, I do not feel that we have yet not been able to care for a patient. But my fear is any increased volume is definitely going to put us over the edge. So this is the time to act now and uh, prepare for what's
2: to come before it happens. Dr. Campen, thank you. Katie, back to you. I'm struck by this whole situation that we're in. We are the wealthiest nation in the world. We are the most advanced nation in the world. We are a nation that people come to to seek the best health care in the world. And we're now in a situation where we're rationing care, where there's worries about supplies of oxygen. And we're a nation that can't get the vaccine out, even though we have a stockpile of it.
0: Now, think about that. I want everybody, I want everybody who remember when we started to have the Medicare for All debate, when we had the Obamacare debates, everybody was talking about the perfection of the private sector. The private sector does everything so much better than the, than the, than the public sector. That, you know, the, if you went to Medicare for All, you'd have shortages, you'd have rationing. No. Uh, You have rationing in a private sector when the private sector decides to optimize for profit-making for shareholder value. That is the reason why you don't want to have healthcare in the private sector. The dispensing of healthcare in the private sector is a clear and present dam- uh, p- clear and present danger to your humanity. It's a clear and present danger to your health. It's a clear and present danger to your life. I mean, because remember, the first, as as uh, Milton Friedman said, this is a, the, the 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 newest god of capitalism. He said. The responsibility of the directors of any company, first and foremost, is shareholder value. Please, folks, understand what that means. Please understand what that means. It means that we don't care about you. We don't care about your humanity. We only care about making money for the shareholder. That is how it's defined, Let other people worry about creating the the, the channels for humanity. To which I say, I agree. So let's go ahead and take healthcare out of the inhumaneness of where it is right now and put it where we think about people first, humanity first. Is it possible? Of course. Can we afford it? Of course. If you take a look at what the wealthy has amassed, and trust me, they did not amass that out of, uh, out of what they are worth. They amassed that out of a rigged system that gives their, their capital appreciation, the their ability for them to stay, take more. I'm trying to modify some of my language to be more clear, is what a few people have told me. What they do. The wealthy, they're they are nothing special, no better than you are, because in reality, you are the one who make everything. You are the one, if you're a secretary, you're the one who move the papers around. If you're an engineer, you're the one who dis- take the, the work of the scientist and make something usable out of it. If you're a doctor, you're the one who heals. If you're a nurse, you are the one who assist in the healing. The people who make things happen are mostly the ones who will never amass capital. Capitalism is, um, is, was designed to allow a few to steal from the many. That's what it really is. The theft from the many. And nobody wants to tell you that because we have been indoctrinated into, into thinking otherwise. The clean way about it, just think of Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos owns Amazon. He's worth more than anything, anybody else. What did Jeff Bezos do? Jeff Bezos got engineers together. Jeff Bezos got marketers together. Jeff Bezos got all the people that know how to do work. And then says, I'm gonna take a piece of that, a piece of that, a piece of that, a piece of that. I don't need to know how to program a computer, I don't need to know how to sell a book. I don't need to know how to do any of that. I am a capitalist. Right? Understand what it's all about. Somebody enslaving you, somebody making their worth off of what you are really doing. But they, by themselves, can do absolutely nothing. And when we start to understand these concepts, we can go to Congress we can go to our politicians and say we don't want to hear that crap about how is that going to affect business. We have to ask first how it's going to affect us, the masses. That's the first question. And if business benefits, great. If business has to pay, great. But the first thing we have to look out for is you. And when we when we put in our heads that that is how the system should work. When the threats come, like, well, we will just stop being kept. We'll just take our business somewhere. Tell them, go. Because you know how capitalists were able to continue to abuse. They had the police. They had the art. They had the military to be able to go around the world and abuse. They have the police to be able. Again, they are completely non-functional without what we have to offer. It is important that you see your worth. It is so important that we understand that we, the majority, the, the masses, we are the ones in control. Right now we are simply a bit brainwashed. They keep 10% in a great in great shape because 10% of the people can keep the 90% in check while the 1% lives a great life and the 0.1% live a life you could not even dream of. And this isn't this isn't class envy. This isn't any kind of envy of, the, of any sort. This is just saying we have to create, we have to be able, folks, to understand how all of this work, and when we understand how all of this work, we can then demand what is ours. You know, when you work for Exxon... And you, whenever you go to Exxon and you read out, you're read you reading the, the business section and you see that this guy got a bonus of $10 million, that is $10 million they took from you. When they said that, oh, they paid X amount in dividends for people who are just sitting down at their pool sipping tea, that dividend that they're paying to those stockholders, that's your worth. Some people, there's a woman, we, I was at a book club once, right? And this woman was Pissed at me She said that I spoke The way I speak You have to remember Egberto Everybody doesn't want To go ahead And own their own business I agree Everybody don't want to be Some people don't have A problem Working for a corporation I agree uh, So don't be calling Those people Slaves Or anybody Who just I'm like I disagree If corporations Treat If corporations Compensated All its people based on their worth, I wouldn't have a problem saying that. But that is not what happens. Whenever you see a select few in a company get big bonuses for work that you do, you should be revolting. You know, uh, there's a, a vice president goes and he has a big meeting. And he says, okay, what we want to do is we want to reduce our expenses by 15%. Okay, so... To reduce it expenses by fifteen percent, they go to the managers. The manager is part of the ten percent. Go down and say, "Okay, how can I reduce ten percent?" I cannot increase the salary of my people by this amount. I can reduce the amount that I that I have to pay in health care, which means that the the, the, the the employee going to have to pay a little bit more in health care. I can buy, I can create a little cheaper uh, this here. I can make them uh, be more efficient in working in putting out more widgets per hour. And then that is the way we get to the goal of saving 15%. Okay, goal met. We were able to reduce all those costs. And you go back to your vice president. Vice president, we met our goal. We reduced our expenditures by 15%. And then uh, 15%. And by then the vice president goes to the goes to the meetings and says, Oh, we all met the We all did what we were supposed to do We are great administrators We are great executives We saved the company 15% And for that The vice president gets $10 million The shareholders get the mass of the 15% in savings And the workers get screwed And you know they say Oh, but you know He did a great job That's why he got a bonus He didn't do the job people He didn't do the job. Understand that it's you who did the job. Understand that it's you who got conned. Understand that the save. Understand that the benefits he's getting is based on what he has taken from you. And these are, but they don't express it in those terms. They saved the company. So in order to save the company, I gave you less, took a lot more, and gave the shareholders more. It's always you who hold it's always you who are paying. You say I can't do anything about it? Of course you can. And what do you do? Make sure that we continue to share these programs and instruct other people about how the system works. Because until we do that, they will continue to pill for us. Until we do that, they will continue the same concepts that continue to screw us all. And that is what, you know, I, I got off of that based on, you know, what we're talking about, Bernie and all of that. But I, I, I know I kind of got off topic a bit. When I get there, sometimes I get into my, I get in, into the system here. But anyhow, um, before I go on to the, the, the sh- the, what I want to show you, the, the other video, and uh, what I want to do is I want to do something very important. I want to say, folks, please support our program. If you are on YouTube, please click join. We need a lot more supporters so that we can make this so that we can keep this stuff going. Without you, we can't do it. So if you are on YouTube right now, please I implore you to go ahead and join our posse. It is a PDR posse, fully named by Bridge MCP, one of our daily listeners. So please consider click on that join button and become a member of our Politics Done Right Posse, the PDR Posse. If you are not on YouTube, if you are listening to us through Periscope, if you're listening to us through Facebook Live, if you're listening to us through uh, Twitter or Twitch, I just place the politicsdonright.com YouTube link in there, the politicsdonright.com YouTube link. You can click on that and become a member of the YouTube Posse as well. Now, if you want to become a Patreon, another way of supporting us Please go ahead and click the uh, the link I just placed in here, politicsandright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, politicsandright.com slash Patreon. And if you want to support us just anyhow, anyway, whatever, either one time, monthly or whatever, you can just go to politicsandright.com slash PayPal. That is com slash PayPal. We have the, a new book out. Uh, it's, it's worth it It's the one that's on the screen right now For those of you that are watching it on, on the screen It's called It's worth it How to talk to your right wing Relatives, friends and neighbors Why I wrote that book folks We have to make this big change That I'm talking about So that we are all educated Into how the system really works We have to make sure That we talk not only to left wingers Or middle of the roads. We've got to talk to everybody Because we're in the same boat And the truth of the matter is We are more alike than we are different We're more alike than we are different. So we have to talk to everybody. One of the reasons I wrote the book, and I wrote the book this year, because I wanted to impact that onto people. It's worth it, how to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. And you can get that at Amazon, along with my other books, like uh, Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right-Wing Doom, is the other book that I have there at Amazon as well. Please consider going there and getting the book. If you want to get rid of the middleman to make sure that that, uh, politics on right makes more of the capital – out of that guy, you can go ahead and go to our store, slash store, slash store. Okay. Yesterday, the, the guy from, uh, from Georgia, the political agent, uh, his name is Sterling, Gabriel Sterling. He gave a complete refuting, he rebuked everything that Donald Trump was saying. And what I did is I cut out excerpts out of that to play it. And the reason I want to do this is I think we have to get as many people as possible to see this. So without further ado, what I'm gonna do is play Brother Sterling, Gabriel Sterling, no friend of Democrats. He's a he's a Republican, but he's an honorable Republican. Play his stuff and let's get busy.
4: The reason I'm having to stand here today is because there are people in positions of authority and respect who have said their votes didn't count, and it's not true. And I'm going to do it again, and I'm going to go through all this anti-disinformation Monday. It's it's, it's whack-a-mole again. It is Groundhog Day again. I'm going to get to talk about things that I've talked about repeatedly for two months. But I'm going to do it again one last time, I'm hoping. Because at the end of the day, we want to make sure people understand their votes count Every person, every voice matters. And I know that there's people who fought for that for years about this. So let's, let's start again. And yes, some of this is going to come out of the um, uh, continuing statements from the president and some of his supporters. State font. All right, this has been one that's been conflated over several different things. We have multiple scan ballots. We have Ruby Freeman. We have the leak that it says a waterman break, which wasn't a waterman break. So in order to be fully transparent, um, one of the things we did is we, we had um, a, a local media organization, WSP, Just, Justin over here. We went through it for hours and hours, walked through frame by frame and showed what happened. So let's start. If you go to securevotega.com, we have posted all the videos from State Farm for that day that cover the relevant periods. 5.23 a.m., they, they walk in and they discover what is essentially a pond on the floor where you can see water coming out of the sky. So they say, okay, we can't do our work here this morning. They call in the State Farm people. It's not Fulton County people, which is one of the other things they said. There's no Fulton County work order to fix the water leak. And guess what? It wasn't in a Fulton County facility. It was in State Farm. So they were the ones who fixed the leak. And it was a um, a urinal that was turned off because guess what? Nobody's in State Farm because of COVID other than this particular usage. So they turned off all those things and it went over the edge of the relief valve and that's what caused the leak. So... They come in. Then you go to another one about 7 in the morning or so where you have essentially the, I don't know what to call it, the drying Zamboni that's driving around on the carpet, cleaning it all up. Then at about seven or at 8.23, you see a woman bringing in the table in question that has been the point of Mr. Giuliani's 90-second clip. She's pulling it with one hand, and she sets it down. There's nothing underneath it, okay? Um, then you can fast forward to later in the day about 9.45 or so. Everybody there, there are two groups of people there, there's cutters and there are scanners. What happened was the cutters began putting their stuff away because everybody was under the impression they were going to get home. We have discovered this. So they start putting covers over the cutting machines and everything. See also, while the monitors and the press are still in the room, they bring out the carriers, which are normal absentee ballot carriers. And I will admit, when I listened to the audio of the the phone call, and the president brought that up again, and I heard it on a radio ad again today, I wanted to scream, well, I did scream at the computer, and I screamed in my car at the radio talking about this, because this has been thoroughly debunked. They bring out the normal absentee ballot carriers. There are monitors in the room. There is press in the room. They take the ballots that have been opened, put them in carrier trays, and put them in there, and then put them in the boxes, put the lid on, because the lid matches the box, and then you see... At one point during the video, a woman crawling on the floor, putting the numbered seals on them so they can keep the chain of custody. Approximately 10, 25, 10, 30, the secretary in our office receives word that Fulton County is shutting down for the night at a State Farm arena. So as some of y'all who were there on election, I recall the, the secretary got a little irritated with this and made his feelings quite known. He says, some of us will be working through the night. We're glad to see that Fulton County sees the need to just go ahead and knock off for the evening. So, Chris Harvey, our elections director, then calls Rick Barron, the elections director of Fulton County, who was at the other location, which was their English Street warehouse, because he was doing election day activities. Chris calls Rick. Rick says, We're not shutting down. Well, Chris says, It looks like you are. So then you can go back to the videotape and see Ralph Jones take a phone call of approximately almost 11 o'clock. And you can see his shoulders kind of shrug. He takes the phone call. He's being told at that point by his boss, Rick Barron, you need to stay and continue to um, uh, scan. So he hangs up the phone. He goes over to some boxes, puts some more seals on them. Because obviously, if you watch the videotape, many of the people that are there have been there since 7 in the morning. It's already 11 o'clock at night. They were all under the impression they were going to get to go home. So you see him spend about 30 seconds going, heck, what am I going to say to these people? So then he walks back over to the corner of a desk and says, I got the word. We've got to keep on scanning. So they go back to the boxes that they, you see them put under the table at the approximately 10 o'clock hour. There is videotape of this. And this is what's really frustrating. The president's legal team had the entire tape. They watched the entire tape and then and from our point of view, intentionally misled the state senate, voters, and the people of the United States about this. It was intentional. It was obvious. And anybody watching this knows that. Anyone watching it knows that. That's why we released the entire tape for people to watch. So there's this claim that that was done. So they pull those out and begin to scan. Then the other claim comes about a woman named Ruby Freeman and multiple scanning. One of the things you need to understand is a normal ballot processing, if there is a problem with a ballot, what it does is it stops. But before that, four or five will get through. So they say delete that last batch and re-scan it so they scan properly. That is the normal process that is done. Secondarily to that, everybody might be familiar with the fact that the president wanted us to do a hand recount, hand retally, which we ended up doing under our audit. That audit showed that there was no problem with machine scanning. If somebody took a stack of ballots and scanned them multiple times, you would have a lot of votes with no corresponding ballots. So let's go over the numbers one more time. Statewide, it was a For the sheer number of ballots, they were off by 0.1053 percent. For the margin, they were off by 0.0099 percent, which shows that the machines scanned properly. Our counties did a great job of following these batches and doing the hand count properly, appropriately, with scrutiny and with observers. So let's put that to bed right now. and one of the other things we, we did as part of our transparency is we have put all of those tally sheets online for every county, so you can go through and look at them all. And it's at, again, the securevotega.com. Uh, let's see. Let's go over the numbers of the president's team is claiming. We have a little chart over here. They're claiming there were 2,056 felons that voted. Um, our research, and we have better data because we are directly tied to the state government on this, the uh, Department of Corrections, and... Um, uh, the other department, which I can't remember what it's called right now, basically attracts when people are on probation. There we go. Uh, we know exactly how many people voted for this. We have an hour bound of 74 potential people who are felons voted. What that means is that's the biggest number it could be. We will investigate and find out some of these people completed their sentences. Some of these people have the same name and birth date, so there's going to be some crossover there. So 74 is the hour bound. It's going to be lower than that. So, let's be clear about that. Then there is the claim that 66,248 people below the age of 18 voted. The actual number is zero. Let me be clear. 66,000 versus zero. And the reason we know that is because the dates are on the voter registration. There are four cases. Four where people requested their absentee ballot before they turned 18, but they turned 18 by the election day. That means that is a legally cast ballot. So, again, 66,000, which is the biggest single number they have on these kind of votes, versus zero. They say that there's 2,423 people who voted without being registered. Let's just be clear about this. You can't do it. There cannot be a ballot issue to you. There's no way to tie it back to you. There's no way for them to have a name to correspond back to unless they are registered voters. So, that number is zero. Then we've got 1,043 illegally voted using a P.O. box. Again, we're we're going through the investigation on this. So far… Everyone we've seen has been when there is a mailboxes, et cetera, or something like that, in a multi uh, family building, like an apartment. So they will have what looks like PO boxes listed in the system, but they're actually the residential address of record for people who live in multi family housing, like apartments. So that's everything we've seen so far. We haven't seen anybody actually registering to vote at a, at a USPS PO box. Um, next one is 4,926 voted past the legal registration deadline. Again, it's zero. We have zero record of anybody doing that because the voter registration cutoff is a voter registration cutoff. So there's, there's no corresponding way to do that. They couldn't be issued a ballot because they are not legally within the system of that to, to have ballots issued. 10,315 who died before the election. Again, our information from the Department of Vital Records, we go through county by county, shows potentially two. So far, two. It could change, it could go, but it's not 10,000. Um, 395 cast ballots in two states. We're investigating that, but again, and we, we got double voters, which we are investigating, but again, we're talking handfuls, not tens of thousands. Let's remember, and I think we're all very clear on the number now, that it was 11,779. We've seen nothing in our investigations of any of these data claims that shows there's nearly enough ballots to change the outcome. And the secretary and I at this podium have said since November 3rd, there is illegal voting in every single election in the history of mankind because there are human beings involved in the process. It's going to happen. It's a question of limiting it and putting as many safeguards as you can in place to make sure it doesn't happen. All right. Oh, yeah. We had part of the hand tally be discussed in relation to the potential double scanning. Let's just go to the other ridiculous claims that Dominion voting machines are somehow using fractional voting or flipping votes. Again, by doing the hand tally, it shows none of that is true. Not a whit. And let's go back to the overall claims about Dominion voting systems in general. If you look in Wisconsin, they're claiming Wisconsin was stolen through Dominion voting machines. In the 14 counties in which Dominion voting machines were used in Wisconsin, the president got 59% of the vote. And the in the counties in Pennsylvania where Dominion voting machines were used, he got 52.5 percent of the vote. He made a claim at one point that over 900 votes were deleted by Dominion machines, and the 14 counties where that where that happened, they had 1.3 million people vote. That was um, 70 odd percent plus, a 76 percent turnout. In order for 900,000 to have been deleted, they would have had to have 160 percent or 130 percent turnout. That did not happen because it cannot happen. Again, this is all easily, provably false, yet the president persists, and and by doing so undermines Georgians' faith in the election system, especially Republican Georgians in this case, which is important because we have a big election coming up tomorrow, and everybody deserves to have their vote counted if they want it to be, Republican and Democrat alike. Now, let's move on to signature matching. There were claims about signature matching being not being done, there were, and they are based on feelings, we believe. No specific evidence was ever brought up until in one of the Trump filings there was a specific allegation the signature verification was not being done on the absentee ballot request form properly in Cobb County during the June primary. So that's the first time we had a specific actionable claim of signature match not being done. So with that in mind, the governor graciously offered after the secretary and he discussed potentially using GBI resources. So we got GBI to come alongside secretary of state investigators, multiple teams. Vic Reynolds stood here last week to announce the outcome of that. And of the 15,118 absentee ballot envelopes that they investigated, they found two with potential problems, two, 99.99% was properly done. And of those two the actual voter who was intended to be marked as voting was the actual voter. They could have been done through a cure period, which would have been a better way to do that. Um, Another thing they want to talk about is the vast difference in rejection rates. Well, what we've seen is there was not a vast difference in rejection rates. What's happening is in order to confuse people because they don't understand election systems is they're conflating the entirety of absentee ballots that were rejected versus those that were rejected for signature mismatch or missing a signature. Now we're also comparing apples to oranges. In 16, I've done this so long, I can't I'm I do not want to screw up these numbers, but I'm gonna give the general don't hold me this exact number. I think it was 0.26 percent. In 18, it was 0.16 percent, and in 2020 so far it's 0.15 percent. We've gotten some updated numbers on this now. And the difference is in 2019 HB 316 was passed, which allowed there to be curing of ballots. So there are teams of Republicans and Democrats, young people running around the state as we speak, finding people who have signature issues to cure their ballots. That's going on right now, and the Democrats did a much better job of that during the general election. The Republicans were not prepared. The Democrats had their own forms set up, they had teams set up, they were ready to go. It was sort of a late entry on the Republican side to do some of those. Um, and about 5,000 total ballots were rejected for some purpose, and about 2,600 of those were cured. So that means the final rejection number was around 2,400 ballots, around the total of 5 million, or a percentage of the 1.3 million that we saw that were voted absentee. Um, let's go into some of the more new things. Um, there is no shredding of ballots going on. That's not real. It's not happening. Um, there's, no, there's shredding of envelopes that were the non-used ones, or there's also shredding of um, the secrecy envelopes that came through. We saw some of those in the Senate hearing, and it's obvious that they are the secrecy envelopes, which have no evidentiary value because there's no signature on it. There's no way to match it back. They're just just basically trash. Um, The the law requires you keep the signature and oath envelopes and the ballots themselves for 22 months. Those are all being kept. Um, Let's see. This is what I don't fully understand. No one is changing parts or pieces out of Dominion voting machines. That is that's that's not a real. I don't even know what that means. It's not a real thing. Um, that's not happening. The president mentioned on the call yesterday, or, or from two days ago. That's again not real. I don't even know how exactly to explain that. Um, let's see. Secretary Raffensperger does not have a brother named Ron Raffensperger. That is also not real. The president tweeted that that out as well. Um, it's. Let's see. Got such a long list. Oh yes, the other really fantastical thing we saw the other day was um, a potential hacking of Dominion equipment during a Senate hearing last week. That did not happen either. Let's go over a couple of reasons why. First of all, ballot marking devices and scanners, neither one have modems. It's very hard to hack things without modems. There's nothing to talk to. So let's get that clear. Um, The poll pads, which is a no-ink device... Um, does have the ability to connect to Wi-Fi, which we use it for loading purposes and in case there's an issue on election day, but they're not hooked up live all the time. And if they saw anything, they could see traffic back and forth, but it would basically be like watching a river go by, you couldn't get in. It's, It's essentially if they did this, which we have no proof of. We have claim after claim after claim with zero proof. Zero And signed affidavits are part of an evidentiary trail, but they have to be investigated. And let's remember, everybody who came and gave testimony, it was public comment, at the state senate hearing, this office was never asked to come and discuss those items with that state senate Senate subcommittee. That didn't happen either, which I find interesting because obviously they're making wild claims that, again, undermine people's faith in the system. Um, Let's see. Oh, yeah, this is another one that came over the weekend from the, former, from the founder of Overstock.com that they had found thousands and thousands of fake ballots in Fulton County Warehouse. For any of you all in the press who have been to the Fulton County Warehouse, these are the emergency ballots that have been sitting in that warehouse since before the November election, very much in plain view of everybody to see. And what happened, the reason they had a high number, first of all, every county has to have those emergency ballots by, by rule. The state election board rule says you have to have 10% of the available ones for each polling location, and they have to be printed for that polling location for the ballot style so they can track it properly. In Fulton County's case, you all may remember that there was a COVID outbreak in their warehouse not long before the logic and accuracy testing period was happening for the general election. In a very wild abundance of caution. They had what they referred to as not plan A, not plan B, but they referred to it as plan C, which was if we can't get people in to do the logic and accuracy testing on all of our equipment, we're going to print up 100% of our ballots we need to let hand-marker ballots be what we have to do if we cannot get the machines done. They did that out of an abundance of caution Given the unknowable unknowns surrounding COVID and their ability to get employees in to do that, they were thankfully able to get the employees in. Dominion staff came in to help them make sure they got the logic and action test done. So they were able to deploy all of their BMDs and their BMD carriers and scanners. So they didn't have to use those ballots, but that's why those ballots existed. They are not fake ballots. They are real ballots. They are unused ballots. And what I find really interesting about this is they were in shrink-wrapped items in boxes that are sealed. What can you do with this? They're sitting right there. Everybody's solving it. Um, let's see. Trying to think what, what other. Here's part of the problem, y'all. I, I sit down and try to write down everything that we see that comes over the internet as a as a potential thing of disinformation. It gets exploded. We all look at these things. We know there's lots of bots that are doing it. We have foreign powers that are pushing some of these things at the same time. So. Here's the takeaway from all this. This office has been open and transparent. We are continuing investigations. There are questions about pristine ballots. That's one last thing, the pristine ballot thing. There are three reasons you can have the quote unquote pristine ballot, which is essentially the absentee slash emergency slash provisional ballot. There's first one, military and overseas voters oftentimes will get what they call an electronic ballot. What happens is once we get the um, uh, ballot built, Starting the 49th to the 45th day, we will send emails out to those people who, who want to have electronic ballot delivery, which is many of our military servicemen and women. So they take that, they print it, and they bubble in their choices. Now, obviously, that's on an 8.5 by 11 piece of paper or 11 by 14, where they can print it on. So it's not sized properly to go through a scanner. So when that comes back to the county, they will duplicate that on a flat, unfolded piece of paper on the absentee ballot slash emergency ballot. That's a normal process for many of the military and overseas voters that are electronically delivered. The other situation you might see that in is an emergency ballot situation. If a ballot marking device goes down or wasn't used, which is the case we saw in the morning in Spalding County on Election Day, they will use the emergency ballots as backup. And those will just be scanned directly in the machine and not folded. And the, the, the final place you would see that is on a damaged or adjudicated ballot that was not adjudicated through the electronic system. Or in Fulton's case, what you saw was they were putting so many of the absentee ballots through their cutters that occasionally would catch the ballot itself and slice it. In Fulton County's case, they did the vast majority, I think 100% of their duplication on a BMD. In Cobb County's location, I think they did all those on hand-marked paper ballots. So there's a difference of use and processes within each one of the counties. So that's why you would see, quote-unquote, pristine ballots. Um, Wednesday, we've all heard the reports that there's going to be several senators and congressmen who will be objecting to the electors being seated. Um, We anticipate that each time they do that, they're going to go, they'll separate out, they'll have the debate for two hours. The state of Georgia's electors will get seated. They will look at this evidence as best they can in such a way, and it will be voted on by the House and Senate, and we anticipate that, and that will prove our certification was proper at the end of the day, and that we follow the process properly. And I, and I give you back to Senator Tom Cotton's statement from earlier today that says, this is the process that we follow. This is the appropriate step under the Constitution of the laws of the state of Georgia and the laws of the United States. So with that, I want to say, if you're a Georgia voter, if you want your values reflected by your elected officials, I strongly beg and encourage you, go vote tomorrow. Do not let anybody discourage you. Do not self-suppress your own vote. Do not make a self-fulfilling prophecy out of doing this. Don't let anybody steal your vote that way. And that's what's happening. If you self-suppress, you are taking away your important voice from this election.
0: Well, I, I think it was important for us to show that because, um, you know, we, we we talk a whole lot about a whole lot of other things, but uh, we allow so much of this to fester, so I figure we better start showing these types of things. And, and it, coming from uh, Gil, what is his name again? Uh, Gilbert or whatever his name is. Coming from him, I think it was more important. Stur- G- Gabriel Sterling, I think it was more important because again, he's a Republican; he has no love for attempting to get Democrats elected. So it, it is important that we saw it out of his mouth. Anyhow, let me see if I need to run through the messages here real quick. Anybody wants to say anything? By the way, if you want to make a quick call, go ahead and make a quick call to uh, three four. What is it again? Three four six two four eight seven seven nine nine. The code is two five four six hundred nine zero nine. One. I'll put it on the screen. I, I'm going to be here for another two minutes, I guess, if somebody wants to make a quick call to say a quick something. Uh, let's see. Uh, yes, I, I think I needed to play that, um, Rudnan, because I think we have to start making sure that people become more aware of what's going on. Okay, let's go through the messages here. In the in the, in the the private sector, this is from Paul Fleming. In the private sector, the bottom line rules overall. My insurance company has changed my prescription several times. My doctor has fought it each time, only winning once, and was fin- as finally agreed when it benefited me. You have to realize that uh, capitalism has no soul, no heart. It's just about increasing the profits for a few. Always remember that. Don't let any. You know, I I, I always find it funny when people say things like, um, you know, w- w- when you have somebody, an insurance company says. You know, that's not good for the people. In other words, uh, the people want to have choice. And then they'll come out and they'll say, that will make the system like less efficient or people are not going to want. Says who? Why? And, and do you really care about what people want? Or are you saying that because you want to make more money? And there's nothing wrong with making more money. I am into people making money. As long as, as they make money, they are not hurting other people. Make as much money as you want, just not in a form that's gonna hurt people. And the problem is making money in health care means that you're benefited. You you're you're profiting only when people need you, which means they're sick. You're profiting only when again somebody breaks their leg. They don't get the choice to say, "Any, MINE MANY Mo, let me see which hospital I want to go. They just have to take whatever you say, and that's why it doesn't belong in the private sector. I do not think, uh, Breach MCP, I do not think some Republicans have the patience to listen to that guy. Uh, well, you know, you saw the Republican that I started with uh, that, that is in the hospital right now. He's, he's, he's grown empathy. And as this disease kills more and more family members, a lot more people are going to grow empathy. But the other thing that they don't tell you, with 21 million people known to be infected... It's a lot of pre-existing conditions that a lot of people are going to be denied later on. And then they're going to really want to change in the laws that we have uh, where it comes to policy for healthcare. But anyhow, I am at the end of the show. I want to thank all of you for coming, all of you for being here with me. Please go ahead and get my book, It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relative Friends and Neighbors. I've just included the link for the – I've just included the – oops. For some reason, whenever I use that baby, I am unable to plug another link in, so I may have to go around there. There is a way around it, and I don't remember what's the way around it. I don't remember what's the way around it. I think it's just restream. Let's see if that does it. Okay, there you go. Uh, You can go ahead and get my book at that link that I just placed in the link there at at Amazon. But if you want to cut out the the middleman, go to our store. If you are on YouTube, please consider click that join button. Join Button and help support the show Help us do what we do What we do is important We inform We we take away the indoctrination We make sure people are no longer indoctrinated Look folks, my name is Egberto Willis This is Politics Done Right And you know how I end this baby I am what? Out! (laughs)